Welcome you all to Sunday service. My name is Nayaswami Ananta. This is Nayaswami Maria. It's a great honor and a pleasure to be here. We have our usual guests at the Expanding Light, and we have guests from around the world for our Inner Renewal Week, and we have visitors on the internet, and we're all here in a giant Divine Mother satsang together. So thank you for coming. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light, uh, the topic this week is, the law is perfected in love. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, we read, The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace means the power to rise spiritually. Truth means the experience of divine realities, not the application in the outer world of that inner experience. Divine love is the soul's experience of oneness with God. Kindness is the human manifestation of that love. Grace is deeper than mere kindness. Wisdom is a divine experience. Justice to all is a human law, though divinely inspired. It follows as a consequence of the experience of wisdom. Truth goes deeper than mere justice. While following the law, we should strive always to trace it back to its origins in the vision of God. Therefore, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, urges the devotee not to be satisfied with spiritual precepts alone, but to go beyond them to the direct inner experience of truth. In the 18th chapter of that great scripture, he says, Nay, but once more take my last word. 
my utmost meaning have. Precious thou art to me, right well beloved. Listen, I tell thee for thy comfort this, give me thy heart, adore me, serve me, cling in faith and love and reverence to me. So shalt thou come to me, I promise true, for thou art sweet to me, and let go those rites and writ duties, fly to me alone, make me thy single refuge. I will free thy soul from all its sins. Be of good cheer. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. reading from the Gita hardly calls for anything more, but there is more. (laughs) I'm going to read from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity, and this is entitled, Let Me Feel That Thou and I Are One. When the sparks of cosmic creation flew from under thy crucible of love, I danced with all the lights that heralded the coming of a myriad worlds. I am a little spark of thy joyous cosmic fire. O thou son of life, as thy nectar pointed into the little cups of human minds filled with molten liquid of vital sparks, they thought to contain thy golden infinity in the smallness of their human feelings. In each fragile, undulating mirror of human flesh, I see reflected thy restless dance of omnipresent power. In the lambent waters of life, I behold thy ever-steady, almighty life. Teach me, Christ-like, by the power of concentration, to still the restless storms of desire raging on the lake of my mind. Stilling those waters, I lovingly behold thy unruffled face of cosmic stillness. Cause the little wave of my life to subside, that thy consciousness in me spread out to become thine own vastness. Let me feel my heart throbbing in thy breast, my feet moving with thy energy, thy breath breathing through mine, thy energy actively moving my arms, thy thoughts weaving all the thoughts in my brain. When I cry, thy soft sigh within me wakens me to thy joy. In thy playfulness, little bubble visions of thy creation float dancingly in the chamber of my dreams, which manifest in my sleep of delusion. Thy meteoric will courses through the skies of my own will power. Make me feel that it is thou who art I, O make me thyself, 
that I behold my little bubble of self ever floating in thee. normally what we do after whispers, but that's what's happening. That's what it felt like. So it's a very deep subject this morning. The law is perfected in love. One of the, I was reading one of the earlier editions of the rays from Rays of the One Light from which Ananta read this morning with parallel commentary. And one of the previous titles Kriyananda used was Divine love, end of all observances. And both of these titles, but especially this last one, really captured it for me because it articulates the progression of spiritual maturity that we move through, evolve through, uh, until we become one with the infinite. Swami Kriyananda, uh, he said, and obviously so, all of the masters, all saints, all God-realized beings, they all are expressions of divine love. How could it be otherwise? They are all instruments and channels of divine love. But... In some you see that more, in some you see that less in an outward sense, you know, depending on the role that one has come in to be an instrument for. Sometimes it's quite apparent, sometimes it's more obscure. And we think of the mission of the masters, we think of our own line of gurus, our lineage. And when we think of that word, mission, it is, it's such a big word. It means so much. And we think of it in grand terms, big projects, yugas evolving forward, civilizations changing and becoming more refined, individuals as well. And Swamiji said, Master's mission, Yogananda's mission, was to express divine love. You know, of all the things we could think of that Yogananda has been an instrument for, seen and unseen, the magnitude of the incarnation of an avatar. And Swamiji says, Master's mission, he came to express divine love. And of course, all of the other but that is so powerful, that is so clarifying. And he did that in many ways, spoken, unspoken. Yogananda shares a story when it was during the Depression, and he gave a talk, and these were difficult times. They were very difficult times. People's lives were very compromised, environment, not having enough of anything. 
And Yogananda spoke very strongly against the wealth of this nation and the people who hold that wealth, are responsible for that wealth, responsible for leadership, <clears throat> making it hard, harder than imaginable on those people who are without, who don't have enough. And he named names. He got very specific, and he really put it out strongly that this was not right behavior. And afterwards, the disciples, some of the disciples said, you can't go home alone. After what you have said, your life is in danger. You cannot go home alone. And Yogananda said, I'm fine. God is with me. And he set out alone into the dark night. And a while into that walk, someone came up behind him. A man came up behind him and put a gun to the center of his back. And Yogananda stopped and the man said, you have spoken publicly against these people. Why have you done this? And Yogananda, without turning yet at that point, he said, God is in all his children, those who have and those who do not have. And it is not right that people with wealth hurt people who have little. And at that point, Yogananda turned around and faced this man <coughs> and looked at him with powerful, divine love right into his eyes and held his gaze. And he said to that man, why do you live like this? You're not happy. I demand that Satan come out of you. I mean, imagine this, you know. <laughs> There's someone with a gun pointed right at him. He has, been, he has a contract to kill Yogananda, to kill him for this. Get rid of him. You know, these other people don't need someone speaking out like this. Imagine that response. And that man, you know, he said... What have you done to me? What have you done to me? I can't live like this anymore. And his consciousness was changed. You know, and Yogananda didn't tell him what he needed to do to fix his life. You should really learn to behave. It's not legal to carry around a gun. <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. He just looked at him with that power that power of divine love. There was a, a gentleman uh, who was affiliated with the work that Yogananda founded, and for whatever reason, these things are complex and deep and, you know, incarnations, cumulative. And, uh, but he, for some kind of reason of intense jealousy, spoke out against Yogananda all the time very often, just constantly slandering him, putting him down, saying that he wasn't who people thought he was, this kind of thing. And toward the end of Yogananda's incarnation, he was at a formal gathering, and this man and Yogananda were right, came right together. The situation was such that they were brought together. And 
this Yogananda looked at this man again, just right into his eyes. And he said, remember, I will always love you. And Swami Kriyananda said later, he was at that gathering, he said later he observed, Yogananda was a little ways off, and Swami Kriyananda was looking at this man. And he was looking at Yogananda. This man was looking at Yogananda. And in that moment, that man was filled, radiating a deep, deep appreciation for Yogananda and a great love in his heart for Yogananda. He had been healed. He had been changed. And so that power of divine love, that we can really say, we can truthfully say, that was Yogananda's mission. It's the reason he came. Everything else, yes. But divine love, that consciousness, that consciousness which allows us, gives us the freedom to become like he is in consciousness. And, you know, sometimes he would have to step out in a way that required being very stern, very verbally, you know, very strong, really pinning it down. This is what you need to do, or this is what you did wrong. But whenever he did do that, Kriyananda observed. He looked at Yogananda and he just saw this regret in his eyes that he had to do that, that he had to be an instrument for that. He wasn't angry. You know, even if it looked a little intense on the outside, he wasn't angry because he saw the soul. He saw the beginning, the emergence. He saw the journey. He saw that soul being liberated and being freed and himself merely an instrument to help move that consciousness along if, if he noted a receptivity there. So he could be strong. And, and divine love isn't just this wimpy, soft, little, you know, cuddly thing all of the time. It's powerful, it's strong, and it's the vehicle to change consciousness. And take note, because all of you who are here, you who are watching in line, we should celebrate this. You know, we're at a service, Sunday service like this. We're listening to a reading like this that is talking about the power of divine love to change us. You know, divine love, the end of all observances. We abide by rules. We follow laws. All of us do. You know, we don't think about it all the time. But as disciples, as spiritual aspirants, as, as people who have a spiritual practice and yearn to know God, we know that the most powerful teacher is divine love. We know that the most powerful mover of consciousness is divine love, and we're ready to learn on that level. We're ready to be taught on that level. And that's really something to celebrate We've done a lot, we've been through a lot to get to this point of receptivity. <coughs> Rules, laws, they all have their place. It's important. What would this world, it's, it's wild now, what would it be without some guidelines? And maybe we feel like those are imposing, but 
You know, civilization requires this at different levels. We require this at different levels. This is a path to spiritual maturity. And when we are mature enough to not need those boundaries, to not need those specifics, to know within our own hearts, this is dharma, this is a dharma, to feel what is right, to know what is right, and to act on that because we love God, because we want to be one with God. That's the motivator. That's the only motivator at this point, is to be in that consciousness that the masters are in. That's a whole different level of teaching and of learning. When Swami G first came to Yogananda, and asked to be his disciple. And Yogananda said to him, will you give me your unconditional love? He didn't say, will you try to give me your unconditional love? Will you do your best to give me your unconditional love? And of course he meant that. But he said, will you give me your unconditional love? That's an invitation. That's an invitation to live on that level of consciousness, the level of consciousness that is divine love. And Yogananda asked him to do that. And if you're a disciple of Yogananda, he has asked you to do that. Will you give me your unconditional love? Will you live on this plane of consciousness on which I also live? Will you join me in this? Will you be with me in this? That's very powerful. That's very profound. God has invited us to embrace that consciousness again because we can. We want that. We're receptive to that. We're open to that. Swamiji said when we meditate on Om, which is to say when we go deep in our spiritual practice, the ego is dissolved. It no longer ceases to exist. And if there's no ego, there's no person saying, I want this to happen. I need to control this. This needs to be this way. There's no ego trying to inflict itself on the world and make it something different. And so by extension, there's no need for all of these rules and guidelines because we are that already. We are living that. We are being that. So this whole process is one of just a refinement of consciousness, growing and opening our consciousness in spiritual maturity. Swami Kriyananda also said of Yogananda's mission, he said, and it's a great gift to all of us, a priceless gift. Yogananda, in his mission, emphasized worshiping the Divine Mother. That's a very important element of his incarnation. That consciousness of divine love, worshiping the Divine Mother, that aspect of the infinite that is divine love. 
because that's what's going to open our heart. That's what's going to heal our heart. That's what's going to lead our heart in that direction of spiritual maturity. And so whatever we can do to deepen that relationship, to initiate that relationship on a deeper level with Divine Mother, you know, whatever means of devotion we have available to us, try to relate to that aspect of the divine that is unconditional love, that is unconditional compassion, that is beyond the form and yet embraces everything. I was uh, recently conversing with a student online, a very new student to meditation, and we ask for feedback. You know, what was your experience with the technique? What was your experience with chanting? What was your experience with prayer? This kind of thing. Totally new. And this person responded, I love the chanting. This, I see, can take one to samadhi, union with God. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's that's very perceptive for someone who's just walked in the door to understand that spiritual practice can take you forward, can take you all the way to these deeper states of consciousness. And then when we experience that consciousness, again, just no more ego, it falls away. Swamiji says, align yourself. Uh, Anantaji read it from the reading this morning. Um, align yourself with divine law, with divine love. That means to get in tune with that consciousness. Get in tune with that vibration. Divine love, divine mother. Keep calling to divine mother. Welcome that consciousness as she has welcomed you, as she has invited you. And when you're about living your life, you know, we all, we follow rules, we adhere to guidelines, we try to do what we're supposed to do, but never do it so automatically, again, as, as was read in the readings this morning, that you forget its origin in divine vision. Isn't that, what a beautiful way of putting it. Stay in tune, stay in that consciousness, do what you do, do what you're given to do, but always refer back, always make that connection to the vision of God. That means the experience of God, the feeling of God's presence. And so Krishna says, take this, my last word. So beautiful, divine love. And Master said, only love can take my place what he was talking about. He came for love. He was an expression of love. He encouraged us in that love. And he is present now in our lives as that consciousness of divine love, only love. Love is all I know.
sun rays on the snow of a winter long in darkness without song. Oh, my heart's a fire burning all desire. Only life again Too long I did stray Flung lifetimes away Imagined you did not care I know now your smile was mine all the while I listened and love was there I can't breathe for love all the stars above call to me, come home. Life's waves all end in foam. Only love can heal all the pain I feel. What a fool was I to turn Ooh. 